today. He's only scored 63 runs and he's taken four wickets for the Hawks, but there are few people who have had a bigger impact on the club than our guest today. He's a life member and former president. Welcome, Ian Wade Parker. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for the invitation to be uh, invited to come along. Yeah, we uh, well, we we know you travel around a fair bit now, but uh, while you're on the uh, on the Gold Coast, we thought we'd uh, we'd lock you in for. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Ian. Uh, yeah, great to have you on. Um, as as Gilly said, uh, yeah, you know, someone who's had a massive role in this club, uh, not so much on the playing side of it, but uh, on the administrative side of it, and turned the club around. But look, we'll we'll get to that. We'll. We'll just start with the, the, I guess, you know, the foundations of, of yourself. Where, where were you born? Uh, you know, where did you grow up? All that kind of stuff. Um, well, grew up in Melbourne. Um, large family. There was eight of us. Four boys, four girls. And uh, grew up in Ringwood. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting growing up in a large family. Dad uh, was heavily involved with um, AFL, or footy back there. And... Um, so we grew up all playing junior sport. Cricket, though, was, was a sport I never really got into, though. Um, we played in the backyard. Yeah. And uh, being the youngest of the four boys, yeah, we always had uh, those friendly games in the backyard. But uh, being the youngest, I was the one who was always bowling, never got a bat. <laughs> and I guess over the years, growing up in that environment, I got probably a little bit angry. Um, <laughs> so I developed... Uh, my bowling action, I based it on Jeff Thompson. Mm-hmm. So I used to come in off a very short run and had the big sling action yep. and uh, bounce my brothers out. And uh, <laughs> I used to love them getting the hit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, that, was my, that was my cricket. Played, as I said, junior Aussie rules until um, I was 16. And then I started my apprenticeship as a chef in mm-hmm. Melbourne. And that was the end of the sporting career right. uh, for many, many years. Right. And uh, what brought you to the Gold Coast then? Uh, work. I originally came to the Gold Coast first in 1980. I lived in Southport and I was working at a restaurant down in uh, Miami called The Painted Lobster and didn't really think much of the Gold Coast, so I left. And um, It would have been a lot smaller back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was funny because I remember, you know, when you take the old drive from Southport back up to Brisbane and yeah. we used to come past through Helensvale and Helensvale was just opening up then. And I thought to myself then, who the hell would want to live all the way out here? <laughs> it was <laughs> like living in the swamps, yeah. you know, and uh, out in the backyard. And I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Who do I know that um, some years later I'll be actually living there as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I came back in 91 mm-hmm. and uh, I was the executive chef at Movie World. Really? Mm. There you go. Yeah. When did Movie World open? Uh, that year. That was oh. the first one. Yeah. So, it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting place. I was... I, uh, Lots of fun there, uh, but after three years of really hard slog, mm. um, it's time to move on and do something else. Yeah. Was there only one restaurant back then? Oh, in no. Movie World? Or no, were you no. in charge of all of them? I had the whole theme park, everything yeah. from, yeah. you know, burgers through to yeah. doing, um, you know, events at night time. Yeah. I mean, the biggest event we did was like 2,000 people one night. Right? Yeah. So it was, it was a full on place. Yeah, yeah. As I said, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's like anything. Once the fun goes, yeah. time to move on to something else. Yeah. Fair enough. We won't wait too long to get into the, to the Hawks sort of side of it. I mean, we, we know you've got the great story of, uh, well, we'll let you talk, talk about it, but I mean, how you just by chance, I guess, happened to become involved in the club? Well, I'll probably go back in a little bit of history on that, Cobb, because um, I mentioned my father was heavily involved in football and he was club secretary and, and president of the Ringwood Football Club. And... Before that, I guess even my grandmother, she was heavily involved in a lot of community events, mm-hmm. Red Cross and all sorts of things, fundraising. And um, I guess that probably instilled for me from a young age about getting involved in community, whatever, shame or fault, um, be it sport or just any organisation. And Dad, basically to the day he died, Dad passed away 10 years ago, was was still heavily involved in lots of volunteering roles. Um my brother, one of my brothers, is um, the president of the football club down in uh, Melbourne, Heathmont Football Club. My sister was the secretary of the Norwood Footy Club. Wow. One of my other brothers, he, he officiated as a, you know, a goal umpire for a South Croydon Football Club. So my older sister, she's heavily involved in horse riding in, in the club. So we're all sort of, to a degree, involved in things. And I guess for myself, um, working as a chef, I didn't really have a lot of free time mm. to do other things. So 
all this sort of career, 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 moving all around the country and, and so forth, and then finally settled here in um, Helensvale. And um, I only had a house just around the corner from the club. And I used to come down to the grounds on Saturdays and I'd walk my dog down here, Samson, and uh, sit on the bank, watch the cricket, and uh, yeah, didn't think too much more of it. And, um, what, what sort of, this is early 2000s, is it? Uh, mid 2000s? Yeah, mid 2000s? Mid 2000s? Yep. And then um, it must have been on a Sunday that I came down and uh, I was walking Samson and and uh, Jeff Linderman and Steve Gooley happened to be in the clubhouse and uh, they saw me and they said, Oh, why don't you come in? And had a bit of a chat and had a beer and started talking about the club and blah, blah, blah. And, and I guess I was sort of at the stage too, I was I was probably looking for something. I call it bloke time. Um, Simon Vandekroot spoke about it in yep, his yeah. podcast about, you know, and when you're um, running your own business mm, and... High get, stress. Well, it's just, you just need a relaxation time to just get away and just, yeah. you know. And so you were, you and Karen, your wife, were running uh, Sly Dogs, is that right? No, no, like, we had a uniform business then. Um, right. Called WP Clothing. Ah, oh, that's right. I've got and, them mixed up. Yeah, and yeah, and um, so we were running it from home, and you know we had clients like Hamilton Island, and we were doing SeaWorld Resort, and we had all sorts of business all around. So it was pretty full on. Yeah. So this, for me, it was a chance to say just to, as I say, talk bloke stuff. Yeah. You know, have a few beers and a bit of a laugh, and fine. So anyway, as it turned out, next thing you know, I'm involved in the club. <laughs> And uh, how long was that? Uh, I guess how long did that take from when you got invited in for the beer to when you found yourself helping out? Pretty well straight away, from <laughs> what I can <laughs> recall, because you know, that, I guess like any club, you know, you, you get anyone who wants to volunteer to do something, you snatch it straight away, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and you uh, yeah, make sure they don't leave. Leave. <laughs> so yeah, so my first involvement, I guess, was I was the team manager for the under 17s. Dave Fraser was playing in that team then. And uh, yeah, managed managed that team and, and a few other things around the club, just just organising catering and bits and pieces. And um, that went well. Uh, we we had our first major sponsor, I guess, at that time. Um, Timeline Finance, I think, was the company, and uh, we put on a few events for them here, some um, lunches and so forth. We had their you know their logos printed on our yeah. shirts. We actually had proper plain shirts. And, you know, the club looked really quite quite good then. It was going through the start of I guess a new new era. Mm. Anyway. So, so what sort of um, what sort of playing group? So you had the seventeens, was there many other juniors or how many seniors? No, teams there was no other junior team at all. Yeah. And seniors was basically a first grade, second grade team. And I think we had a foreign legion and a pub team playing in one of the lower grades. That was about yeah. it. So That's you really had first and <laughs> first and second grade and um, yeah. And not much else. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was it was lean times, and that year I'd organised a presentation here at the club and organised the catering, and it was all going well. And actually got awarded the best clubman award, got a nice trophy. And as the evening was coming to a close, there was a little bit of an altercation with come with some of the executive, and I'm not going to mention names, but anyway, it ended up in a bit of fisticuffs. And uh, I just thought, that's why I'm, I'm not here for this sort of stuff, for the politics and all the crap, whatever people's agendas were and whatever. So I told them to stick their trophy where they could. <laughs> sun didn't shine and, um, and I walked out the door. One and of the great uh, trophy celebrations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not one of the bad highlights. <laughs> anyway, I just said, no, I've got no time for you, knuckleheads. You, yeah. This is why you carry on. I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't what, why I wanted to be part of the club. Yeah. And um, so that we'll, we'll dig into that a bit. So, they, again, we know how to talk specific names, but that must have been pretty tough for you, Ian. You know, you've invested a lot of time into it. Oh, look, I was obviously disappointed, but I guess I've learned from uh, from a young age fight the battles you know you can win, walk mm -hmm. away from the ones you can't. You know, you sit there banging your head against the wall, and you see a lot of people do it. Just step away, get out of it, don't put yourself in that situation. As I said, I came here for a bit of fun, relaxation, enjoyment, and whatever, and watch a bit of cricket. I didn't come here for politics and yeah. people's hidden agendas wow. and egos and so forth. So it wasn't where I was. So um, yeah. I gladly stepped away from it. And um, and so what year was that that you would have walked away? Off the top of my head, I was thinking it was the 
It's around two thousand six, seven, eight, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around then. I, I yeah. couldn't remember. Yeah, exactly. Well, but it was, <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a great time. And um, anyway, well, and as we know, I guess from like speaking to people like uh, Berkey, uh, the club obviously went really backwards in that probably next year or so uh, yeah, under maybe whoever was uh, not to name names, but um, whoever was in, in charge at the time. Um, the club lost its junior team, I think. They had no juniors uh, look, and they were in a desperate spot with their uh, finances. Yeah, uh, look, there was, you know, uh, well, let's be frank, the administration of the place was, was a shambles. Mm. There was no controls. There was no no checks and balances. And, you know, money just got spent, you know. Well, you know, first grade one, let's shout the bar. Yeah. Well, hang on, you don't do things like that. Um, so there were some good good people at the club there. Tommy Rossiter, um, who's now at Broadbeach, was, uh, you know, running raffles and doing bits and pieces, but the money was just going out the back door and no one was, as I said, following up on things. The, the, the figures, the way we were doing our accounting was, was a joke. Um, it was just people just coming in and saying, oh, I, I did this and did that. Oh, and money got handed over, no receipts. Yeah, it was it was a shambles. So it was no, no great surprise that, club got to the situation we was in and uh, I guess that's a good lesson for any club mm. or any organisation, you know, unless you've got those checks and balances in place and that's really, you know, dependent upon the committee and committee meetings to actually be checking things and, and not just listening to one person's viewpoint because very much that happened here in this case, that yep. one person was controlling it, basically the dictator mm. and uh, what he said went and the end result was what happened. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I, um, I I stepped away, and then one day, you know, um, Berkey lobbed on my door <laughs> and said, "Ian, you know, we're in the we're really in the crapper here. Um, would you come back and help us?" And my immediate reaction was, "Couldn't care less, mate. Not, not my problem. I didn't get this." Anyway, he he, um, he persevered, and I said, "Oh, well, I'll come down." And I came into the clubhouse. And it was the absolute pigsty. The place was absolutely disgusting. I wouldn't even put a dog in there. It was, it was the way it was left. And I said, all right, okay. And then let's have a look at the figures and, yeah. and where we are, bank let's bank accounts and so forth. And uh, so, okay, big challenge here. <laughs> <laughs> so my... Well, as Berkey said, the club was basically trading insolvent. Yeah, it was insolvent. Yeah. And I think Cricket Gold Coast at the time there basically... The council were threatening to boot us out of the clubhouse. Um, the whole thing was just going downhill really fast. So we had to put an, uh, I guess, an emergency plan into place to at least so try to get us yeah. get us back. Um, at that point, Ian, and I asked Berkey this as well, um, there must have been discussions about, you know, let, you know, we'll just pack it in. Um, we've had a good run. Um, so what what was it around that time that made you? think, no, no, we've got something here. It's going to be hard work, but we're going to push through. I guess it's probably the thing that I'll keep on hyping about too is the history. You know, you look at this clubhouse and you look at that honour board there of all those people that put in all those hard yards for all those years yeah. before and to see that just roll over and die was something, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, we had to change the way we operated and that first year I came back, um, I spoke to the club executive and said, look, I'm not taking an official position on committee. I'll come in basically as an executive officer, but what I say goes mm. in regards to our finances, our operations. I said, I won't get involved in the day-to-day -day operations of the club and the, you know, the cricket side of it. Do yeah. cricket side <coughs> of it, but let me be the club administrator, put forward a plan, but what I say goes. Yeah. And there's no ifs or buts about it. And it was, I guess it was you know things that my father taught me from all the years of running you know, the, the football club in Melbourne and, and so forth about putting together proper plans. and So, yeah, it was a, it was a gradual rebuild in that uh, first year of getting ourselves and, and we got ourselves established again and, you know, we, we sorted out, I guess, payment plans for some of our creditors. We attracted new sponsors um, and slowly went about paying the debts off. Mm. But at the same time, still bound to operate as a club. But having, as I said, all those checks and balances in place. We were talking sort of, I guess, off air beforehand that, uh, you know, the, the culture of the club probably had turned into a total boys club. And that's, you know, 
there was no family aspect of it. And so was that a big cultural change that I guess that you set about? Like was that a big focus for you to kind of, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. One of the things that I found um, was if I brought Karen down to the club, it was almost felt that she was unwelcome. Mm-hmm. You just got that vibe from you know, the club's senior administrators. And I just thought, this is so wrong. Women just weren't kids, you know, frowned upon. Yeah. And I thought, well, no, that's not how you build a community club. So it was a match straight away to actually start changing that philosophy and that thinking. And, and it was a hard turnaround because the club had got a reputation mm. for doing quite a few things that weren't really following family values. So, um, yeah, it was a really big fundamental shift and something that we, we addressed. I was lucky. I had a really good friend who worked for TAFE and she came in and helped put together a strategic plan for the club. Mm. We sat down through many months of actually going through this strategic plan and I think of some of the club members at the time, the committee members thought, what the hell are we doing here? Because <laughs> it was just, it wasn't cricket. It was, yeah. was talking about all the other fundamental things below the surface. Yep. And at the time, I remember when the final report came out, and I think we put in there, you know, for like for our junior side of things, that we wanted to have something like about 15 teams or something in juniors. And at the time, I just thought, this ain't going to happen. Yeah. But to see where the yeah. clubs progress now, and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be down on the Gold Coast um, when they had the um, under 10s playing over at Pacific Pines there under yeah. lights, and they had all the teams there. And Super I just, special. I walked, I walked around the ground that, uh, that night. And, uh, yeah, I was feeling really proud about the, mm. where the clubs progressed and especially all the girls' teams as well. Oh, absolutely. That's amazing. Like, well, did we have six or eight under-10s teams last year? Yeah. Or eight eight or? Yeah, yeah. And maybe in two and then full girls' teams as well. Yeah. yeah, and it was great to see people, you know, and I saw Berkey and Susie. You know, yeah. mm. um, Berkey's out there with his son Lucas yeah, uh, playing. Yeah, and, 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 um, and, you know, Churchy. Yep. Um, so it's great to see some Gee, of those guys. That, you, you, you won't know, find a more enthusiastic coach than Churchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he gives some speeches to the, the under-10s that are... Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's Premiership quite something. Yeah. It's an inspiration. Yeah. yeah, so to what, see yeah. to see where we put those initial, uh, all those planning, all those What were some yards. of the other goals in that strategic Oh, well, I, was, I was looking at club facilities, you know, the things, you know, I remember we had, when I first got involved, we had this beat up old roller that used to break down all the time and, and um, you know, thought no, we need to get it. And we got the Mente Roller, and that was through a grant that I think we did with Councillor John Wayne at the time. Yeah. Um, covers were a joke. We had this set of covers that was patched and repaired and whatever, and we got a grant for new covers. So it was bit by bit by bit just adding things that were going to give value to the club. Once we mm. said we, we put forward, okay, that's what we're going to do in year one, two, three, yeah. four, etc. Um, and then obviously, you know, when I stepped away, Conrad took him and, and Took it to the next level. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Dave's doing the next stage now. So yeah. it's, it's continuing all the time yeah, of, from that of building the yeah. plant. You know, one of the things that frustrated me was the change rooms. So one of the last things I got done was the extension to the change rooms mm. because I had to put, you know, 11, 12 blocks in that little tiny box and mm. it was just, yeah, no space. And it's still, a, I think, a couple of clubs that you go to, uh, yeah, like you don't look forward to going there because you either have to sit outside or like, oh yeah, wedged in. Whereas like, yeah, it didn't used to be like this, but mm. now you know there's a great amount of space. Yeah, it was things even here in the clubhouse. Putting you know, we we got obviously tables and chairs. We picked them up from I can't remember, some club somewhere that bought all new stuff, so we got all these secondhand, pretty cheap. But prior to that, we just had this mishmash of all sorts mm. of just odd sods. Mm. You know, I still see here in the thing, you know, still got the dry bars and some bar stools that we got from Club Hallensvale. Yeah, when they did yep. a refurb. So we were, you know, we were picking up bits and pieces, but it was better than what we had. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was it was a gradual progression of um, where we wanted to see the club grow to. Yeah. Um, you know, upgrades to the um, the facilities. You know, we instigated, because we only had three pitches. and used to get flogged. So one of the things, we got a ground, we got a fourth pitch put mm-hmm. in the middle there. You know, upgrades to the nets, uh, bits and things. So over the years, things have things have happened. There were still things that you know, I would have loved to have got done whilst it was under my watch. But as I said, got give, taken give us over. an example. Oh, I wanted uh, I wanted an extension to the uh, the front of the club here on the bank and have mm-hmm. a big deck built. Yeah. And so you could actually sit out on the deck and watch the watch the cricket and. Where the front entrance to the club is, is actually glassing that in and having that air conditioning mm. so you could sit behind glass. 
You'll yeah. have to. I don't know if you've seen Dave's sort of plan yeah, I've seen the plans. So, yeah. so exciting. Trying, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that, and I had. I actually had a, an idea of actually moving the clubhouse down to the, I guess, the golf club end, okay. and having it there so as a facility that you could uh, watch the cricket. Oh yeah, from watch there, from but also both. golf. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, um, yeah so that was a little bit ambitious at the time, but anyway. <laughs> so you mentioned a few. Um, people through that time so obviously Berkey and Susie Churchy Conrad obviously did you was it just as important you know for the work that you were putting in to have a group around you that could support you like could you talk us through who were the who were the other contributors I guess during that oh time? look as you know any any successful business and that's the way I treated it was you need the right team working with you but all working cohesively together so a lot of people say oh Ian you did this and you did that it wasn't me Sure, I was at the top, but at the end, you know, I was sort of, I call it like the conductor. Mm. You know, you conduct the music, or in my old you know, profession as executive chef, you know, you've got this team of people who are doing it. You know, I didn't cook. You were um, pulling the strings. But I was just controlling it. And mm. I guess, you know, in the same way, we had some fantastic people here who, you know, Beardy came on board early on, and Nigel Nolte, um, you know, numerous people who came on over the years and, and gave up their time to rebuild the clubs so it wasn't just myself yep. um and i guess one of the things that doesn't get mentioned a lot but was my wife mm-hmm. yeah absolutely karen put a tremendous amount of hours into the club but behind the scenes yeah. that people didn't really see because i was down here but you know she gave me the time to actually come down and contribute my time to the club and she was covering for me at work mm. so Unless she was prepared to do those extra hours, there's no way I'd known I could have done what I did do. Yeah, because um, yeah, endless amounts of hours down here, and as I said, you know, things that she did, the Hawks logo that yep. we've got down, Karen created that. So what, like, what was it previously? Like, what was like? Oh, it's just the old and, HCC. Oh, and that's that, of course, of course, and and, and, but, the, and you said there wasn't really much of a uniform kind of thing. Oh, going there was. On, like, yeah, there wasn't really any great identity, I guess, as such, mm, and. Yeah. Um, and whilst at the time when I suggested grabbing in the Pacific Pines, part of it in, you know, there was a little bit of dissent from some of the old guard, you know, losing the identity of the old HCC. It's a said, smart thing to do, though. Like, and that's such I, a that's growing area. I saw where our growth was going to be. It was yeah, going to be absolutely. on the outside of the highway. Mm. And we needed to snap it because Coomera were yeah. moving into that area. Yeah. And I thought, no, we need to snap that <laughs> yeah. back before they take yeah. it. And the fact that even the, the under-10s play there, that's only possible because we now have a relationship with the Pack Power Football Club, the juniors, and the only reason that's possible is because we can sell it. Well, you know, you're part of our, you're part of our club as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So we were, looking, we were obviously looking for grounds because, you know, while we had Rugby Park uh, and so forth. But, you know, when we, we seized upon Brockman yep. um, and, you know, worked really heavily with council. So there was a lot of things that went on behind the scenes, going to council meetings and so forth. Mm. Uh, dealing with council was, yeah, to a degree, a little bit frustrating at times, but mm. we had to go along. And then, you know, going to delegates meetings. Yeah. You know, I attended quite a few delegates meetings and put forward our point of view because I think before that, Helen's Hall just wasn't even thought of. Mm. Um, we didn't even have a say. It was the big power clubs that basically dictated what happened. And I think now we have a bit more of a voice. Mm. Obviously, like you mentioned Conrad already, I guess he was sort of the protege, uh, you know, he worked a bit with you and then Conrad obviously took over and I look up here, he did five years of president after your your time, uh, four in a a block and then another year later on. Uh, Yeah, I guess, yeah, was there something you saw in him that you go, all right, you know, this is a guy that can take over from me or how did that sort of relationship sort of work? Yeah, I probably... I guess it probably revolved over a few beers and, and just getting to know various people within the club. You know, I guess there was a number of people there who could have taken the club. I think Beardy would have made a great president as well. Mm. Uh, so there was a number of people who had the skills uh, and the leadership skills and the business now. So I think that was the thing. You know, New Conrad had lots of ideas um, and he sort of used to sit there sort of you know, in the background. But, you know, I used to talk to him quite a lot about different ideas and thoughts and thought, no, this guy's... Mm. groomed to take over and we needed to have someone because I knew that my time was limited Yeah, uh, I knew that I needed to pass the baton on to someone else for new fresh ideas and he's, he came on and went wow and bang and then just took it to the next level 
and it's obviously progressed down the line. So, you know, the club president's role is such as that, yeah, you really need a good team of people under you. You can have all the ideas, but, you know, um, unless you've got a great team who are all committed to the same goal, then I guess, you know, it makes your life easier. But, yeah, no, it, was, it, was a, it was a great pleasure actually hand over Conrad because I knew it was, the club was going to be in safe hands. And I, the first year, I just sort of, you, I stayed on the committee, but as he's understudy and just sort of guide him through, especially going to meetings and so forth. And, you know, I guess the protocols of how you conduct the meeting. And yeah, yeah. so it was three things that sort of, we sorted out. But anyway, in the end, yeah. And I guess that, that kind of flowed on when Josh took over, like Conrad sort of like uh, helped, taught him. helped yeah. try to uh, just, you know, you know, get him up to speed and, you know, make sure things kept flowing. So, uh, yeah, I guess that, that flowed on nicely. And obviously you, you and Conrad are still, well, you're staying with Conrad at, at the moment. Yeah, when, we, so, when, we, uh, when, we, when we come to the Gold Coast, we stay with Conrad. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a really good relationship. He, he enjoys our company and enjoy his. And, um, yeah, we talk all the time. And we obviously still talk about cricket matters um, and things. But, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see, you know, I guess where the direction this club's going, and I think you know, I think it's going great guns at the moment. But obviously, you know, it's going to be a time when Dave's going to be going. Well, mm. where's my time to stand down? And I guess yeah. the only thing I could say to Dave is that he needs, I think, grooming someone to take over from him because yeah. I hate to see all his hard work. Yeah, go down. The and toilet. really, a decade before that, right? And that's what good leadership is. You know, this is recognizing when your time is done and then finding that other person yeah. investing in them whilst you're there so that they can then yeah. take over and a lot of people are scared to take on the role mm. because they think it's you know arduous to put in long hours well not necessarily if you put in the right systems and you have the right committee and obviously what i call you know delegate the jobs to them and give them what they need to do give them parameters at which you want them to work but don't abdicate yeah you know, abdication when you just give someone and they walk away and they're checking and following up and that's where you can get yourself in the trouble. Mm. Again, it's fine, normal business practices. Yeah. I guess as you reflect on your time as um, president, what would you say was the hardest thing during that time? Hardest thing? Um, I guess getting consensus with the whole group about taking them on this journey. Um, as I said, there was some heated discussions in regards to, you know, the well, we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, we can't, you can't go on like you are right now, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just said, well, look, you know, keep on doing the same things. We're just going to get the same results. We need to change our whole philosophy about doing things. Um, obviously, recruitment. We're getting the faith, especially of the, of the Helensvale and Brighter community, come back to the club um, and getting old members who left the club. You know, one of my... Unfortunate things that I could never get Andrew Robson and Tommy Rossiter back to the club. Mm. I really wanted those guys to come back. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed their their counsel. Um, and I thought they were good guys, but uh, that was probably one thing that disappointed me that I couldn't get some of those guys who, as I said, left the club, and because of as I said, the, the, you know, from the bad, what I call the dark years. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's that's probably one thing that, but. I enjoyed the challenge. It was, it was for me. It was good to see, and each week as things progressed, and um, we got more and more people and more teams. Um, one of the things that I also really enjoyed was creating. You know, we we never had a masters team, mm. so we Tommy Rossiter. And it was funny. It was one thing that Tom did do is that um, he couldn't play masters at Broadbeach, so he approached me and said, oh, "I don't want you to have a masters team at Helensvale." Now, he was playing Saturday cricket <laughs> yeah, right. Broadbeach, but then played Masters, and he was our first captain of the Masters. Mm -hmm. So that was my, um, that was actually my first uh, time I ever played cricket. I was going to yeah, say, it was yeah, Masters. That was going to be a great time nicely, to get into yeah. your oh, I think I was, And I think I was. Yeah, how, how old would you have been when you debuted? Do you... 40, 48? Yeah. <laughs> That was my first game of cricket. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing Masters. And was that something you were excited to do? Like, Oh, look, it was something that I sort of thought about for some time about, you know, because a few times people said to me, oh, why don't you come and play in the lower grades and stuff, you know. I actually did play a game and it was a, I think it was a fourth or fifth grade over at St. Stephen's. And we had a team playing with, yeah, I can't remember the boys' names. They were, anyway, they were short. Yeah. And they said, oh, can 
you fill in. So it's myself, um, Gooley, um, Randall, played, and this, um, I actually had my brother-in-law up on holidays, so he, he filled in as well. <laughs> I think we, there's five of us from you know, the Masters who, who played in this game. And anyway, the, uh, the captain of our team put me in at number three. <laughs> See me bat. I'm, uh, I'm not a number three. <laughs> anyway, I, I made. I think you mentioned before about my, my runs. I made. That was the, the highest score I ever made. I think I made 35 or 37 yeah, right. or something. Yeah. And um, anyway, we, we we were getting done, and I remember Gooley said to me, "Oh, why don't you have a bowl?" Nah, I'm not interested. No, I'm going to have a bowl. Anyway, so like bowled this one over, and then I think it was the fourth or fifth delivery, and this guy just smashed it back at me. <laughs> and foolishly, I stuck my hand out trying to catch him. <laughs> broke my little finger in half. Oh, no. First, first <laughs> so that was a big gap. Uh, yeah, and I thought, oh, Jesus, I'm in trouble here. Anyway, luckily enough, after that, well, there was a couple of other injuries. Yeah, I, remember, I do remember a hammy injury. Yeah, I remember a Tom hammy playing against Coomera, really bad. Mm. Um, and then playing a social match here, Dave Houghton um, flat batted this ball at me 100 mile an hour, and I put my hands up. And it went busted straight from my hands, caught me right in the front teeth. Oh, Three so, and a half thousand dollars. Oh my God. Uh, it's been a, a bit of a painful short career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then my bowling, um, when I first first started playing, I was just very gentle off spin. And anyway, I, as I got a bit fitter and my shoulders loosened up a bit, I, I developed my Jeff Thompson action. Came yeah. back again. Came back. <laughs> so off about, you know, four or five steps, in I came and... Slung the ball as fast as I could. Yeah. And, uh, my best game was, I think it was against Logan Home, I think. And I got a threefer. Nice. Yeah, still remember that very vividly in my mind. You know, my first time I actually you know, got a couple of wickets. And I think I opened the bowling that day. I don't know what um, the captain saw. I <laughs> thought this was going to be. Anyway, finally got the brand new pill and I uh, got my threefer. And I remember one of the wickets I got was still picturing in my mind vividly. Beautiful. Ball cutting, just hit the top of the off stump, oh, just to knock the bales off. Nothing better. Just cl- and I just thought, yeah. I remember Dougie, Dougie Jones. Yeah. Dougie just there, and he was playing the slips, and he said, Ian, that was a peach of a ball. <laughs> I would have got anyone out. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my uh, my cricketing uh, prowess, but um, yeah, I was never here to real. I never took cricket seriously, as in playing. I was, more for me, it was a bit of a fun. I was, you know, even on match days and that. Uh, I'd rather let someone else have a bat on. Yeah. I'm more just to sit out and just make sure that lunch was put on properly and yeah. things like that. We will get back to Ian Wade Parker very soon, uh, but right now we're going to take a little listen to last week's episode with Matt Steely. Really, uh, I was a really troublesome kid, I guess. Um, I had to do like family counselling with my mum and I was pretty, or pretty ordinary to be honest. Um, <laughs> So that was like 13, 14. So getting out there and having the chef, you know, and I think I was, you know, 15 or 16. So they, the next next oldest was 25. Mm. So I was, I had to grow up really quickly. Mm. Um, but I reckon it was the best thing I ever did. Make sure you go back and have a listen to that one and all of our back catalogue of episodes. Uh, for now though, let's get back to Ian Wade Parker. So talk about the hardest thing. What what do you look back at your time and say that's that's the proudest thing, you know, the thing I'm most proud about? Yeah, oh, I look. I think you know the progression of the club as as a whole, where we were, where it is now. Mm. Yeah, every time I, I I obviously follow the club as you, as you know, I travel to state. My role now in work now is I, I work for um, a big corporation that owns 48 motels and. Karen and I work as their operations manager, so we're constantly travelling between properties, sorting things out. Yeah. The last six months we've been stuck in North Queensland. Mm. Tough place to be, actually. Mm. But um, must have been a, it was a bit of a shock coming um, back down to the chill, <laughs> walking around in shorts and whatever. But um, yeah, and I listened to you know I follow I followed the club obviously on Facebook and all the posts and see where the club's going. I, I was really upset that I was I couldn't get to the first first grade you know, grand final. I really wanted to be there yeah. and I was in parks at the time. Mm. And I sat down, I did the logistics. It was going to cost me about $1,500 in Jeez, airfares yeah. to, to get here. And um, I thought, no, it's a stretch in the budget. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was 
you know, for, for the club to get to that, even though I know that I wasn't involved, but to get to that level, mm. you know, obviously, you know, winning uh, second grade, you know, some of our um, lower grade teams winning premierships, you know, we look at some of our junior teams doing, doing well. And that was, I guess, the other one, was, was looking at some of those junior players that came through mm. um, who are now playing senior cricket and so forth. Yep. To me, um, yeah, Ryan Maloney is a classic one. Yeah. I remember when Ryan was first playing, you know, I was down the nets one night watching him and his bowling spin. What the hell are you doing that? <laughs> fast bowler, mate, you yeah. know? And just, just watching him grow and you know, mm. develop and, uh, and become a great loyal clubman. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, even the um, our junior volunteer of the year medal is named after you. Yeah, well, that was, that, was a, that was a... You know, surprised when I got told about that, and I thought, well, it's a great honour, and it was something that, um, yeah, I thank the club for. Um, yeah, everyone, as I said, everyone raised on about, oh, Ian saved the club, and, and again, I, sorry, that's not quite true. Mm. I was happened to be president or administrator at the time, and you know, we put in place some things, but it's a whole, it's a mm. whole team effort, not yeah. just one person. I guess, like you said, you still follow the club. What do you think is next? Like, if you were to sit down and make a strategic plan for the next five years, what would some of your goals be? Well, I'd like to think that what's currently happening, you know, the clubhouse thing sounds really exciting. Um, you know, one of the things that we we looked at many years ago, and I know it's been on the radar, is to have proper sight screens mm. here at the club. And I know we battled the council over the years about it because... People said, you know, if we put up permanent ones, that it would block their view of the ground and all the, all the excuses under the sun. I remember one of the things we, we trialled, this is many, many years ago, we had looked at portable ones, we had poles, and they were sort of like sails mm. that you hoisted up. First big strong wind came, blew it, and it over. Yeah, that was a failure. Um, but anyway, there, I think, yeah, I think, well, obviously, yeah, we'd love to see a first-grade premiership. I'd love to see that traffic cabin. Yeah, and I think we're not far away from that. Mm. Great. Oh, yeah. that's a good time to, to go into those throw downs. Yeah. We'll get to hear some, uh, I can see quite a few names written down. Uh, mm. Well, yeah, perhaps, yeah, instead of best player you've played with, which is a usual question, perhaps like the best Hawks player you've seen around the club uh, over, over your time here? Or I've, um, I've, I've actually picked a, a few. I've broken down the categories. Um, fast bowlers, spin, Simon, keeper. Simon's started a trend. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like and um, and batsman. Yeah, um, bowlers. A lot of Hawks um, players um, members wouldn't know this guy, but uh, he used to bowl. He a fast bowler, Kieran Blake. Yeah. Um, he was a captain in the first grade. Just bowl and bowl and bowl and bowl. Great batsman as well. Well, we, as we found out with Bakes, scored a hundred at and number, number 11. eleven. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Scored a ton. Um, but top bloke, Kieran, um, and as I said, just used to just bowl and change. He's a lion-hearted guy. The other bowler that I really liked, fast bowler, Marcus Dean. Mm. Uh, great, great bowler. Um, really good to watch. Probably deserved a lot more wickets than what he actually got. Um, and I was, again, I was sad to see him mm. go to another club. Um, and the other one I mentioned before, Ryan Maloney. Mm. To see Ryan's progression uh, through, yeah, great to see. Spin bowlers, I must admit, we haven't had a lot of good spin bowlers over the years at the club under my time, but uh, Danny Edwards would probably be my pick. Yeah. And again, top bloke. You got to see a bit of Danny Bowl? Yeah, yep. yeah. Got to see Danny Bowl. And funny, uh, when we actually moved out to Stanthorpe when we left the Gold Coast, Danny um, helped us move. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, him and um, Dave uh, Houghton hired a big truck and. Yeah. I recruited Danny. I said, "Yeah, you want some extra cash?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and one of my um, great mates from uh, Masters, Randall King. Yeah. Very uncanny. Just you know, you just look at him and you think he's pretty obnoxious. Number of wickets he took. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keepers. Again, probably one of my uh, from the days of playing Masters back in the early days. Jason Downs. He was uh, um, a butcher mm-hmm. at Pacific Pines Meats. Great keeper to both pace and spin, spin especially. Yep, he yep. was brilliant behind the stumps. Great batsman as well. Batsman, it's interesting this one. Um, Chris Weeks would probably be one that I looked at and that guy just had so much talent and power. Like, hit the ball and he got that, a couple of, I think the 200 that he got yeah, over he against Kumara. Yeah. But geez, he could hit the ball. 
to smash it. Yeah, that was in first and round I've too. I've seen some big sixes hit on this ground. The only time I've ever seen a bigger hit came from when we had the uh, Ryobi day. <laughs> Pommers back. Pommers back. <laughs> no, it wasn't off me. It was off Passo. Up onto Discovery Drive. Pommers back biggest... hit me for many sixes. That, was, that one wasn't off me. That was the biggest six I've ever seen on this ground. But Chris Wicks hit some big ones as well. Yeah. But for pure talent and just skillful and just to watch him play, Dean Reynolds. Yeah. Beautiful. Watching me uh, just hit me cover drives and then just you get to see the guys had skill. I remember. Dino, um, we, were pl- we were actually having a, pr- a, a bit of a hit down the nets. Dean was there with his kids and uh, said, oh, do you want to have a hit in the net? And he had this old bat and it had all the signatures on it. And I thought, it's interesting. Anyway, we were bowling him down. And he's just cartons everywhere. <laughs> just, and I just thought, who's this guy? Yeah. Anyway, so that was his introduction. He, that's how he came into Masters. Oh, wow. There you go. There's actually a number of... Um, Masters players that uh, who joined by just chatting to him in the nets. Yeah. So it was the Steve Gooley, Jeff Lindemann moment. Yeah. Where you just talked to someone. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to play cricket, and uh, next thing you know, they're they're playing with the club, and we yeah. still got a couple of those guys still playing with the club. Yeah, okay. Who we met down the nets and just yeah. welcome to the club, and they thought, oh okay, and then their kids are now playing yeah. for the Hawks. So you never know where things yeah, come from. Right. But yeah, no, nah, Dean was Dean was an incredible um, cricketer. And, yeah, we used to just watch him. I'd sit there and watch him field and pick the ball up cleanly. He never dropped the catch. Yeah, yeah. He was just balls came back on the full right over the top of the stumps. Yeah, you know, yeah, natural talent. Ah, oh, and you know, when he was on song, and I remember you know playing. He, he used to play like Matty Hayden. He'd take three or four mm. steps, and, and the balls would just intimidate by him. Yeah. just just cut yeah. him everywhere. I I remember playing a third grade game of him out here. And- I hadn't played with him before. I knew who he was, but and he, he's just, you know, he's just filling in for third grade. And he's just walking down the wicket and just yeah. like belting them. Oh, hey, what who is this? <laughs> like I'm just trying to get battle balls. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, impressive. Yeah, so no, he was, and he was a, he was a, he was a great guy. Um, yeah, loved he loved his company too. He yeah. had some real good, funny stories. Yeah, probably one of the fun things I loved about the masters. You know, off the ground and, and the, yeah, the camaraderie. And I guess that goes back to my original point about, you know, why you get involved. And I said it's, it's you know, a bit of a fun time and, you know, as I said, having a few beers after the game and, yeah, I don't know, one of the one fun moments I remember called her and I was talking to Conrad about it. I took Conrad and we had a, like a, a corporate, <laughs> a corporate, a corporate day and um, we had a private box up at, um, the races up at Durban mm. and I took Conrad up and a few of our other clients. And I did this um, day and anyway, the last race, I've been following Chris Muntz all day and anyway, the last, he's a, he's on this rank outsider, 25 to one. <laughs> anyway, I put 50 bucks on it. Huh. I thought, this is an omen bet and it won. Oh, <laughs> so day. we had a, a very uh, good collect at the end and I remember coming back to the club that night, we, we had a limo, huh. we got back to the club here. And I came into the club and and I said, shout in the bar. <laughs> I think my shout cost them around 350, 400 bucks. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a fun night. It was yeah. a really good fun night. Yeah. So, yeah. What about, um, you would have watched a bit of cricket. Is there a player that, the like another non-Hawks player um, that stands out to you? As in? From, a, this, from, from, from another goalpost? Club? Yeah. Uh, gee. Didn't really get to a lot of other games, I must admit. There was a number of players over the years that I, I sat there and watched and, and looked at, but, yeah, not one in particular yep. I could yeah, point enough. out. As I said, there was a couple of very good players playing Masters as well, but, um, yeah, none that I really... Uh, I really, as I said, I didn't take it too yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, someone would sit there and they'd analyse it and, you know, Bakes is the classic one. He'll tell you every stat figure, <laughs> yeah. whatever. From you know, but no, that was never my. Yeah, no, fair but, enough. Yeah. Uh, a funniest memory from uh, from over the years, but I guess whether it's on the Funny. field, off the field. Oh well, there was a few. You know, it's like there's characters in every organisation, and there were the things. Yeah, we mentioned about Passo getting <laughs> smashed. That was funny. <laughs> it wasn't very good to Passo, but uh, getting the ball. And I think we lost the ball that day too. Yeah, I think yeah. Just, Someone pocketed it or ran it over. But um, 
And um, yeah, there were just other incidents. Even that, that same same day, one of the things that amazed me, you know, we had the whole place packed, and it was probably one of the, again one of the great highlights. And I'm Polly Conrad. I'll talk about that from mm. his baby, but to be involved in that day, but I couldn't believe there's all these, you know, hundreds and thousands of people. The whole bank was full, mm. and this koala <laughs> climbed down from a tree, and then walked across the grass and everyone just sort of parted like, you know, it's like parting of the sea and this koala's just wandering through and it's, and you can if you read this mind of this koala saying, what the hell's going on here? And they're trying to have a sleep and all you yahoos are carrying on and yelling and everyone's taking photos of it and whatever and then just climb up another tree and... That was that. Such an odd experience. I, I, to me, it was just quite, you know, amazing because I knew we had koala around here but for this particular time, and he just and he and the look on his quills, <laughs> piss off everyone. <laughs> so that was that was a that was a fun moment. I know there was um, probably not so much fun, and at the time I was bloody angry as. But um, Macca was doing the curating for us, and he used to you know obviously keep the ground watered and everything like that. But he forgot to turn the hose off and flooded the pitch. <laughs> And we had this game on, and I came down to the ground, and he's got the blower on, trying to. <laughs> and I'm just looking at, it, I'm just fuming that it, you know. And at the time, I sort of, but now I look back at it, it was, mm, it was yeah. a bit of a funny sort of. You know, <laughs> he, he was doing his best, and but uh, yeah, and he tried to sort of cover it up. There's <laughs> <laughs> a leak. Yeah, the, the covers leaked. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Anyway, didn't feel the rain that much. <laughs> Um, and what about a, is there a particular game that you remember that stands out? Maybe a, a Hawks victory that you, uh, that you saw? Um, oh, they, I remember getting down to, I'm trying to think what ground it was. We were playing in a final there. It was one of the lower grades, but the, you could just see the guys um, so all pumped up in that, you know, and... It was the first time I think it was the club that we actually had a team in finals mm. as well, and they might have been the fourth or fifth grade team. Um, that was a really really good moment to see, especially yeah. all the struggles we had. Yeah, to see that and um, that was one probably the yeah. oh for me personally too was probably that game against Logan Home getting a three face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course, right? <laughs> yeah, so no one can take that off you. Well, yeah. that's it. It's in the record book. <laughs> And they, you know, I think the, the Logan Hub guys came in and they, they saw me coming off of three or four steps and they just yeah, thought, oh, this guy's go. just going to bowl good and stuff. And I think they were caught by surprise yeah. and speed and a bit of movement off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think Barry for that one. <laughs> put on a good wicket that day. <laughs> yeah, Baz Turner was a funny black team. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, there, was, there was lots of little things here and there. And, mm. yeah. so. and uh, lastly, you obviously do make an effort to pop in when you can. Uh, what keeps you, I guess, coming back to the Hawks? Well, I guess this is my club, you know. And you, once you're a clubman, you, you keep on coming back and supporting the club as best you can. And be it through, you know, for us, now I can't contribute um, on the fields and so forth, but just ideas, looking at things and giving suggestions to the club committee, but just by supporting them. Um, you know, um, it's a shame, as I said, there's a lot of, names up on that board you don't see those people come back to the club mm. um, you know we did when we had our reunion but then again they disappeared it's another 10 years gone by they haven't been to or maybe they do um, but yeah no every chance I get I'll come I'll come down and drop in and say say go to the boys come and watch sit on the bank have a beer yeah. you know um, just like how you started well that's it it's, 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 it was a fun sort of thing and, um, and to me it's still fun and if it ever gets to a stage where it's not fun, that'll be the time that I'll probably not come. But yeah. it is. It's enjoyable and it's great to catch up with old mates, see where the club's going. Yeah, I'd love to see the, as I said, the, the new clubhouse and all that's built. I joke uh, with Conrad about it and um, had a bit of a joke with Councillor um, Alan Jones about, you know, making sure there's an 
ex-president's room. In I'm, all, I'm all, <laughs> all aboard for that. Uh-huh. Air conditioned room. We could sit there. Make, uh, I reckon we could get Josh Mitchell on board too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the ex-president's uh, room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like you say, uh, it was it was we had the reunion. We, we're due for another one uh, this coming season, forty years. So hopefully we can uh, line it up at a time that you'll be able to. Uh, to oh, look, in. if there's enough notice, um, I'm. Wherever the part of the country I may be, um, I'd love to love to be there and be part of it, and uh, more than happy to assist in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Well, Ian, we appreciate so much everything you've done for the club, and we appreciate your time today, mate. So thank you very much. Ah, cheers! It's been a pleasure, and uh, it's been great reliving some of the uh, some of the stories. But as I said, I really want to put an end to the myth about Ian Wade Parker saved the club. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Well, we're, we're not so sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, thanks, Ian. Much appreciate. No, cheers. Thanks. Really, really enjoyed talking to Ian Wade Parker. Uh, for me, I always, when I get to hear stories from those um, guys that were involved in the club before my time, I just uh, appreciate so much the, the history, I guess, and the amount of work that people have put into the club um, before before me. Um, so it's great to listen to that and to honour him as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ian, very modest, I think, in saying, like in uh, talking down his role in saving the club, but uh, I don't think that can be disputed. Mm. Uh, yeah, the club was in a bad way, and uh, Ian and then Conrad obviously had just an amazing role in getting the club to where it is today. So, yeah, um, that was that was really cool to, to hear, uh, I guess, that journey. And, uh, look, next week we've got a, we've got another, we're making a habit of it, another mm. out-of-town uh, guest in uh, Dylan Sheriff, former club coach. Uh, he's moved on for, for, for the moment. Hopefully he'll be back one day at the Hawks. But, look, uh, Dylan's been a great character for a long time and is a club legend. So uh, here's a little bit of what you can look forward to. I remember at the end of the season, you know, I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more of a leader. And I think over a couple of quiet beers at my house one afternoon, I think a few of the boys said, oh, you should coach next year. And I laughed it off and I was like, yeah, righto. And then as, as it goes, the off-season, like, mm-hmm. like many for many clubs on the Gold Coast, they put an application out for a coach and no one says anything. You know, no one gets back to them. Mm-hmm. And we try and we try and we try and we go to, we go to Brisbane, we go to, you know, Tweed. We look, we look everywhere. No one, no one puts their hand up to coach. And I, I remember saying to him, I said, oh, you found a coach yet? And he's like, no, no, no. And I thought, well, you know, here's my opportunity to get involved and do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd established myself as a first-grade cricketer. I was, you know, I was good enough to, to play. You know, why can't I help create the environment to win a premiership? We'll keep an eye out for that one. And uh, for now, thanks for tuning in. Until next time.